You are now listening to the Nick's State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Nick's State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo. Chip Murphy's back with me. Chip, how have you been? I've been good, man. It's good to finally be doing an episode together again. Yeah. Sorry I wasn't available last week. That's what that's what happens when you have a day job, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been crazy for the both of us, but we're back this week. Uh, we have a full show ahead today, and uh, we'll jump right into it. You know, last week, just to get something out, uh, I did a quick hitter on the Przingis being put on the uh, Sport Illustrated Top 100 player list, uh, he was put at number 52. And, you know, I, I talked a lot about a chip where, you know, he, at number 52, I looked at the guys before him and after him, and I kind of thought, well, is this a good number? Is this fair for where he's at? And just, you know, I, I felt like it was pretty fair. And I looked at different factors to it. Obviously, in my opinion, what goes into this list are like three things. Number one, how did last year go for that player? Uh, number two, what do you expect from them this season? And then number three, I do think what you have done so far in your career helps you out on that list. For example, as I mentioned last week, uh, Dirk Nowinski was on the list. Dirk Nowinski is really not, in my opinion, a hundred in the top 100 players anymore. He's still good and decent, you know what I mean? He'll still give you some production, but it's not the Dirk Nowinski from five years ago. It's just it's just not. So that reputation of what he can bring to the table, and there's those little spurts here and there where he plays really well for a stretch, kind of gets him that nod. So looking at it, 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 for me, I think number 52 was a pretty good spot for him. I looked down the list. You know, I know guys like Kevin Love were ahead of him. Um, I think Kevin Love is expected to have a big season this year. That's probably one reason why he is ahead of Brzingis. And then, of course, you know, Brzingis is injured right now. Uh, he, we don't know how much he's going to play in this upcoming season. Uh, one of the, the names that was, I think, at number 68, 69, around there was DeMarcus Cousins. And that one might be the only one that I would say at this point, I think Cousins is a better player than Brzingis. I mean, last year you heard it that guys were calling DeMarcus Cousins the best big man in the game. Again, he's coming off a very severe injury with that Achilles at tour, and a lot of guys do not come back from it. I mentioned Kobe Bryant wasn't quite the same, even though he was a little bit older in his career when that happened to him. Uh, and, and things like that. So looking at all those factors, I felt like you know 52 was pretty good uh, for where Brzingis was at. And if he was healthy this season, never had the ACL tear, then he probably could be a little bit further down, maybe pushing the top 30. You can make that discussion. It's not that he's not one of the best players in it. It's just all those factors, I think, kind of pushed him back to 52 
And for me, I thought that was pretty solid. I'm not too angry about it. I think that that's pretty fair. So, Chip, now I kind of want to turn it over to you. And, and what were your thoughts seeing Przingis at number 52 and things like, you know, people that were ahead of him, do you think he should be in front of? Or even somebody that might be behind Przingis, should they be ahead of Przingis? What are your thoughts about uh, where Przingis landed on this list? Well, I was surprised that how low he was. I thought he'd be a little higher. I know he has the injury problems, but, uh, you know, he was 33. I remember he was 33 in uh, the 2018 preseason rankings for SI. And uh, he dropped, obviously. And so I looked up, like, what their criteria was for uh, rating these players because there's so many different rankings out there. And for some, it's kind of like vague about the way they weigh the rankings and stuff. And they obviously, they put, they're very open about it. They put like uh, injury risks are part of their judgment. Uh, they say past performance, uh, the postseason weighs heavily into their uh, assessment. Um, they skew more towards the recent when it comes to the postseason, it says here. Um, but I guess with your point about Dirk, I think the postseason performance with Aaron there. Um, a predictive element also comes into play about having certain younger players on the list, as well as the declining age of veterans. Uh, they don't take salary into consideration, which I think a lot of lists do. That was kind of interesting to me. Um, but something that was interesting to me was uh, they order players based on their complete game. And I think Porzingis has a really complete game, as especially compared to a lot of other big men. So I, I do think 52 is a little low. 52 was a little low. And you asked, compared to uh, the people who are ahead of him, like I when I was thinking, 52 seems a little low for our guy here. But uh, <laughs> then I looked like... Okay, 51 is is Derek Favors from right. Utah. Yeah, you could argue him because he is Porzingis is going to be the face of the franchise. But like, and Derek Favors is not that. He's not even the best big man on his own team. But it's not like Derek Favors is a bad player. He's a good player. So, uh, but I mean, Devin Booker at 50, Porzingis is a better player than him. Eric Gordon at 49. Um, I understand why he's there. I mean, he's sixth man of the year. Robert Covington at 48. Robert Covington's all defense, one of the best defenders in the NBA. 47 is Jalen Brown. A lot of people think he's going to be a superstar. Andre Drummond, 46. Uh, I think he's overrated, but I guess there's some people who think he should be mentioned in the list of best big men. And the list goes on and on. I think you mentioned Kevin Love being up there, too. And there's guys like DeAndre Jordan out of them, Blake Griffin, Marcus Soule. So it is kind of it is kind of uh, surprising to me that he was listed that low. But it does tell you that they took the injury concerns into account. And obviously, the people who were making this list weren't completely sold on the small sample size of Porzingis from last year. So, yeah, I, I mean... I did expect him to be a little bit higher, but uh, I don't have a huge problem with it. And hopefully, hopefully it, it's something that he takes notice of, because I think all these guys 
read these all these preseason lists. So when he sees 52, hopefully he says, I'm better than a lot of these guys. I should be ahead of Derek Favors. And next year I want to be in the top 10 on a preseason list. So hopefully it's just fuel for his for this season. Right. And I, I again, I, I don't think that he would have an issue of being uh, possibly top 30 if he didn't have this ACL injury. The fact that they're looking around Christmas, that's probably the earliest return that, I, that I've seen uh, for Przingis. I think that has an influence in it. I, I do think you look at it, it should be, when you based off the top 100, I think the biggest influence really should be based off of the last season. You know, that's what you kind of go by. Uh, and again, with Brzingis going down, and I also talked about how he looked really good the first few weeks of the season. I mean, he was playing as a guy that was probably in the top 10. I mean, he was putting up MVP numbers right there in the beginning. And then you kind of saw him slow slow down a little bit. You know, started struggling, looking uh, for the referees to bail him out. Uh, looked frustrated at times because, you know, it wasn't becoming as easy as it was in the beginning for him to score. You know, teams adjusted, changed up the defense, and the help really wasn't there uh, consistently enough to free him up. You know, somebody like Tim Hardaway Jr., somebody that was able to consistently act as a scoring threat, I don't think we see that drop off as dramatically as we did uh, for you know, about a month of the season. And then, you know, he kind of picked it back up and was really solid. But with that injury playing uh, a role here, it, it certainly, you know, I think is an influence of why he is number 52. And, and Chip, just to see if, you know, is this one of these lists that are kind of voted upon from the players or is this just like Sport Illustrated that what their writers think, basically? Do you know by any chance? Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's just a Sports Illustrated uh, writer's poll from what I can tell here. I'm just looking at the, the names on here, and it looks like it's just Sports Illustrated people. Yeah. Uh, then I think players would probably view Porzingis even with the injuries, and even somebody like DeMarcus Cousins, as talented as he is, they probably would be a little bit ranking better in this list. But when you got some of these factors, these writers looking at things like that, I'm sure that's what played uh, an influence. But, you know, I shared more of my thoughts last week. Chip got his chance to share his about this uh, this ranking for Brazilians. And there's several other ones. You know, guys are kind of up and down depending on what media outlet kind of looks at it. Uh, but this is one that I, I saw recently a few weeks ago and the one that I hear most talked about. Uh, so what we'll do now is we're going to take a break when we come back what everybody loves, a nice rumor. And, and, and once again, we're, we're seeing those rumors uh, about Jimmy Butler this time. So we will discuss that when we come back right after the short break. Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at at Chipper Murphy. Everybody, and welcome back to the Nick State of Mind podcast. Really quick, if you can hear some thunder going on in the background, and I apologize for that. We're right now in a torrentious downpour outside. I mentioned last week the hurricane. We had some effects from that. Uh, so it hasn't stopped raining. I feel like this is the most rain I've seen in South Carolina since being here for the last, uh, I don't know, like a decade. It's been 
it seems like it's been raining every single day. Uh, so you might hear some thunder, some rattling in the background. I apologize for that. But we're going to keep rolling on right here with our show. I mentioned before the break, um, those rumors again, they just they don't ever stop. And it seems like every big name always somehow gets tied to New York, I guess maybe because it's a big city, a big market, and everybody wants to be in a big market, and even though at the end of the day, uh, we just don't ever see anybody land on the Knicks. Um, and, you know, with Kyrie right now kind of dropping hints that perhaps he's looking to stay in Boston, I'm still a little skeptical of that because if that was the case, he would have signed already. So that hope is there. But this one is more about, uh, you know, it's somebody that seems that completely wants out right away in Minnesota, and that's Jimmy Butler. Um, It just seems like Jimmy Butler just got to Minnesota, and perhaps, I don't know, it just grew sour, and he's looking to move on. Once again, uh, and according to some reports I saw, that the owner wants to get rid of him uh, fairly quickly, but the asking price is, is... a bit high and when we hear all these things chip will bring you in and and uh you know when you hear these rumors what are your thoughts is this again just media making up stuff do you think there's any truth to this that the knicks are interested and possibly can acquire um jimmy butler and again we're dealing with what's the price for it but what are your thoughts on all these trade rumors first of all a bit high yeah apparently the the T-Wolves asked the Sixers for Ben Simmons. So, yeah, apparently yeah. they're asking for a bit high. Good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Yeah, apparently, uh, like Woj tweeted out that pe- the other teams are skeptical that Tibbs is really even trying to make a deal for Butler at all. Like he's asking for a ridiculous price because he doesn't want to make the deal. But uh, as far as the the Knicks being interested, um, I think a lot of teams are interested. But like, like uh, I don't think they're going to give up any first round picks, obviously, right. with protections or without them. Uh, I don't think they're going to give up any young assets for a guy who's going to be a free agent. Exactly in uh, uh, July, July first. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be hard for Minnesota to move him at all. I mean, it's going to have to be a team like Miami, who doesn't really value first-round picks, never has, to take him on. And, I mean, Steve Mills said in a press conference the, that uh, the Knicks weren't going to repeat mistakes of the past right. like trading first-round pick. And Jimmy Butler isn't a kid either, man. He's not. He's 29 years old. You know, he has an injury history, and he's played a ton of minutes, dude. He's played so many minutes. I mean, playing for Tibbs all these years, he's hasn't he averaged 35-plus minutes every year he's been in the league or something crazy like that? Yes, he play, he plays one of the most minutes of, of players. You know, he's out there. That's, that's the thing, especially with yeah. Thibodeau coaching him. Thibodeau don't go to his bench. You're a starter, you're playing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the last the last five seasons he's played thirty seven plus minutes per game. Yeah, wow, that's wild. It, it's in twenty fourteen fifteen he led the league in minutes. I mean, 
Yeah, and like you said, Tibbs, Tibbs keeps his starters out there the whole game. So, it's. I mean, it's it's worrisome to give a guy like that a max deal. It's one of those things, though, where you you start to see people what they want to offer, and first off, again, me and Chip are not going to. We're both agreeing that you can't give up first-round picks, especially for a guy whose contract is going to be up in July. And even if, yeah, you could say, what if he signs an extension? Guys, we're not in position to give away draft picks. We just we can't. Uh, and, yeah, does that mean a trade, somebody else can jump in that's willing to do it and we lose out? If that's the case, then that's, what's got, that's the way it's got to be. Uh, and I, I doubt teams will even give up a first-round pick, and I don't blame the Timberwolves for starting high to see if a team's desperate and will take the bait. There's nothing wrong with that. This is kind of how it starts, that they, of course, ask for something higher. And just to, and it, some teams do take the bait. And let's be honest, like as Chip, you shared that quote that the Knicks are not going to do some of the things they've done in the past. The Knicks have been dumb enough to do stuff like this. That's why we're in the position that we're in. We have made dumb decisions in the past before. Uh, so it's nice to hear that, no, no, we're not going to do that again. So I don't think as people get excited and hear somebody as good as Jimmy Butler, because don't get us wrong, Jimmy Butler is an outstanding player, and you want Jimmy Butler on your team. But at the same time, are you really willing to trade away your whole entire future? Then the answer is no, when you have a chance to get him next July. So I, I appreciate the fact the Knicks are not going to do this. And, and if you see these trade rumors and you see the Knicks associated with it, the Knicks are not going to give up first-round picks. It's just not going to happen. Uh, and I think teams are smart enough not to take the bait. And as the season goes along, that price is going to have to get knocked down. The Timberwolves know, okay, he ain't coming back. And at this point, we got to get something. So yeah, they're going to get some value here, but eventually they're not going to get no first two first round picks. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen at all. And maybe this is a thing that we got to watch as a season goes along and see if that price changes a little bit. I uh, still not giving up a first round pick at all. But you got to got to lay it out, play a game a little bit, and if the Timberwolves gamble and don't make the trade, look, somebody will go to baseball. You know, the Nationals are probably going to lose Bryce Harper. Didn't trade him. Team's going to take that bait. And guess what? Now they're in position to sign him for free. Or, well, not for free. They're going to be giving him a lot of money, but they're not giving up players. Yeah, they're going to be giving him yeah. a 10-year contract. Yeah, yeah. He's only going to make $300 million. That's not free. That's the, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, I, trust me. I know they're paying him, folks. I'm just I'm just meaning yeah. that no team is giving up players to get him. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So And no salary cap in yeah, baseball. Exactly. So it's one of those things where – don't take the bait if you don't you don't have to. You can kind of make them make the decision. Because eventually, if they know he ain't coming back, they're going to be desperate enough just to make some kind of deal. And I think at the end of the day, isn't that what Denver did, Chip, with the Knicks, with Carmelo Anthony? That they kind of just, they, they waited, they waited, they waited, and then they really took a, a trade that really kind of benefited them because it was a smart trade. It wasn't first round picks here and there. They got several, you know, nice solid role players, and it didn't derail the franchise. In fact, they actually uh, were more successful than the Knicks. You know, so you can yeah, see but the, here's the difference, Matt. Yeah, here's the difference, Matt. Melo 
everybody knew Melo didn't want to be in Denver, but he was still a pro and showed up and played. Okay. Jimmy Butler won't even show up. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, so he's given Minnesota no leverage at all. He's saying not even going to come to training camp wow. until you trade. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I just don't understand how that, that, you know, it's like the Kawhi Leonard situation. Uh, kind of, you could see that kind of playing out when you just don't show up. And I don't get how that helps you. I think that leaves a bad taste in the mouth of several, and it might get them to question you a little bit. Uh, and again, it that might not—it makes me question Jimmy Butler, right? Doesn't it? If he's doing this to like his coach, the right? Tibbs, he's supposed to be the Tibbs guy, but this, this is how he treats Tibbs, like right? You know, he, and and again, he just asked to get out of Chicago, and he's already looking to get out of Minnesota. So, right, and things for him in Chicago too. Yeah. It's basically you. You can't help but think: Is this a guy that kind of grows tired quick and looks for yeah. a way out quick? And it's happened. Uh, it's a red flag to me. I think he's got to go in and just play it out. And like you mentioned, you do that, well, then teams are going to be willing to kind of talk more. But right now, teams see what he's doing. And I'm not going to say it's going to impact him right now. He's going to get paid. He's going to have somebody come to him eventually. You know what I mean? But. Later down the road, it might not be helping you out with some favors. You know how sometimes you – like Vince Carter is still playing for a reason because he didn't burn any bridges in his career, you know? Yeah, everybody loves him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's a, He's 40-something years old still on a roster. Now, Kawhi Leonard or Jimmy Butler may not want to do that, but I'm just saying uh, there's going to be a time where they're not the, the, the sought-out guy to get. And sometimes I'm not saying teams take people as, like, favors, but – Yet it's sometimes they just sign him like, why not? Why not bring a veteran guy? I think that's where it can hurt him down the road. Like, uh, you know what? He, not the best teammate, not maybe not the best mentor. Some of the things that he's done, don't want my younger players to do that. In that sense, I know that could be reaching a little bit, but it's something to think about. Uh, so this whole situation is, look, would I want Jimmy Butler on the Knicks? Absolutely. I would take him. I'm not giving up two first-round picks. It's just not going to happen. Uh, it. You know, some would say, would you give up? Like me personally, if we can work out a deal, Courtney Lee and Frank Nielakina with no draft picks, and that's what they wanted, I would do it. I would do it. I, I know, and I know it's putting Frank in there, but Frank is one of the guys right now that teams are, will at least uh, make an offer for, in my opinion, because, you know, he was a lottery guy a few years ago. I get that, you know, people want him to see him develop, but uh, I don't think that. That is robbing us blind if we give up Courtney Lee, who we're going to get rid of anyway, and Frank Nielakina. But the thing is, they're not going to take that. I know that. So I'm just saying, if that was the offer, and that what if that could get it done, I would do it. I don't know about you, Chip. If it was like something as simple as that, would that make you pull the trigger on getting Jimmy Butler? Because for me, it would. But. I don't value Frank. I, I don't value me and you both. The way apparently the fan base values him. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen a uh, three point per game score have such a great uh, impact on a fan base before. Exactly, it's pretty crazy. It's just everybody wants to see a draft pick work out. I get it, but when you have a chance to do something big. I'm, I'll be willing to give him up. I'm not willing to give up my future, though, now. when we can. You look what's coming in college basketball. I mean, we say it all the time. Just look what Duke has. 
that could be one of our players next year. I'm just saying. So um, I'm I'm not giving up first round picks. A perfect world, as I said several times, is we suck this year. Uh, we, you know, finish towards uh, draft lottery. Sign Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, maybe, and then draft somebody like Zion, and bam, the Knicks are fixed. It could happen just like that, but you need a lot of things to happen your way. So here's what we're going to do. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We're going to wrap up the show. Uh, We are going to get into our Nick all-time list. We're going to reveal our number three guy on our list when we come back. Hello, everybody. Mac is still the co-host of the Nick's State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at Elite Sports NY and the rest of Elite Sports New York's social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. All right, welcome back to the Nick's State of Mind podcast as we're going to wrap up our show with the continuation of our all-time Nick list. And uh, we're already at number three, so in the next few weeks we'll be finishing this up uh, and we'll jump right into it. Chip, at number three, who you got? I got Willis Reed Yeah. Okay. number three. Uh, obviously you have to talk about one of the most iconic moments in the history of sports when he humbles onto the court in Game 7 of the 1970 Finals against the Lakers. Uh, he's got the he's coming back from the muscle tear in his thigh or whatever, and he's, you know, that's the year where he was uh, MVP of the All-Star Game, MVP of the season. He had just missed Game 6. Uh, he was, uh, I think he... He only finished with like four points or something. It was we talked about it like it was a uh, crazy thing. He, but really, his impact was felt more like when he was actually walking out onto the court because the team got all juiced up because of that, and the crowd went nuts because he only had four points. And I think he had a couple uh, like key stops against Chamberlain, and that was really how it was felt more because his bounce out line was four points and three rebounds in the half. But yeah, that's. I mean, that's just a cool thing to watch if you're going to judge. Exactly. Other than that, other than that, uh, obviously Hall of Famer, uh, another guy on both Knicks championship teams, played his entire career with the Knicks. uh, Seven time All Star, five times All NBA, two time Finals MVP. Uh, He was All Defense. In uh, 1969-70, uh, uh, he won Rookie of the Year. Um, I think he, he is, yeah, he's third in points all time. Um, he's just, I mean, he's, well, obviously his career got cut short due to injuries, but, I mean, to do all that at as a big man at six foot nine tells you how different the game was back when he played. But uh, he's listed here at six nine two forty. It says here, wow, which is pretty wild considering. But unfortunately, when he played, they didn't record blocks. Right, they couldn't find like any, any block stats because they didn't start recording that until seventy three seventy four, which was his final year in the league. He averaged one point one blocks. Right, his final year in the league. Unfortunately, he only played nineteen games, but 
Yeah, his career was cut short due to injury, but he was still so awesome that he considered one of the 50 greatest players ever and is in the Hall of Fame. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, that's, that's a guy I picked too, yeah. Chip. That's the guy I picked yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's uh, it, it's an it's an easy pick here at three. Uh, and everything you said, basically, you know, just think about the way his career ended early. He was only thirty-one. You know, nowadays, mm-hmm. guys still have about three or four more good years at that age. But all those injuries, and obviously the medical technology and advancement of of keeping players on the court back then, obviously not nowhere as near advanced as it was now. And this is a guy, Chip, it, uh, that I, I I just think if. He played in today's game with the, the skill set that he had and and the way that you know injuries are, are uh, taken care of in, in a different way, a better way. Can you imagine what this guy's numbers would be? I, I mean, this guy was a monster. It just 18 points a game, 18.7, 13 rebounds a game, efficient with his shooting. You know, as you mentioned, averaged a double double uh, through his first seven years of seven time All Star. Out of uh, the eleven years that he, that he played, and uh, another guy that maybe if these injuries didn't derail him, he could possibly be in the discussion as one of the maybe the top Nick ever. If these injuries didn't get him, if his career continued over a course of time, I think one of the biggest things that you said, Chip, is that he's a two-time Final MVP. I mean, he got it done in the biggest uh, stage, and that's why you know. He is somebody that it will always be highly regarded. Of course, uh, you know every time that he's at the Garden Place uh, gives him a standing ovation, and he's mm-hmm. such a big part of you know this organization's history. And man, every time we look back at these guys that played in the seventies, these key guys, uh, it just makes us miss and wish that we had guys like that still on the team, and we would have uh, some good good times. Talented players. Yeah, yeah, he is somebody that that is is very likable, and I think what I was about uh, to say is that these guys were unselfish, and I think that's what Cantor is. So that's a very good uh, comparison, Chip. Uh, somebody that's likable like him, uh, the crowd responds well, and you know, hopefully, we keep adding guys like that because that's what we need to create some excitement back with this team. And uh, but Willis Reed was some kind of player. And definitely deserving to be here at number three. And that's where we are. Now, Chip, here's the thing. I think next week we should go ahead and wrap this up. We'll reveal number two and number yeah. one on our list. What do you think? That's. I think it's good to – because if we do just two, I think everybody will then know our number one. So, of course. Yeah, there's yeah. only two guys left. Right. Yeah. So I think next week is a perfect time to kind of – just go ahead and, and finish this up. And again, we we gotten some feedback uh, from our list, and we we thank those uh, those reaching out to us, letting us know um, you know who they would who they would pick, and throughout this whole thing. And uh, we again we keep encouraging you to do that. You can tweet us at the NYK SOM Podcast on Twitter, and then also the Nick State of Mind Podcast Facebook page. Uh, you can reach out and contact us as well. And next week, we will come back, and we will wrap up this list. So you'll see who our number two and our number one guy is, and it uh, should be a lot of fun. So thanks for listening, and we will be back next week.